0: Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker Jordan Bunch. Hey everybody, before we start this show, I just wanted to let y'all know that we have a new really amazing Facebook group going. So if you look for Wedding Film Academy Facebook group, you'll find the page and you'll have to just answer two simple questions to make sure that you're going to send out good vibes to everybody in the group before we let you in, but hop on over there and join that group. Also, if you have other friends in the industry, go ahead and add them to the group as well. We're really trying to build something that's centered around the idea of encouragement and and building one another up. Uh, as well as giving others a a leg up when they need it. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to do pretty close to a weekly film critique. So if you hop on over to our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you can actually enter in to potentially have your film live critiqued by us on the Facebook group. And it's been a really awesome experience so far. We've done two of them so far, and we have... Uh, several several dozen have been submitted so uh, we can't get to everybody's right away because we're only, only going to do one week and we're having a ton of submissions but we would love for you to submit one of your films over at weddingfilmacademy.org and then definitely make sure you join the facebook group so that you can know when your film is going to be judged live so hop on over to that facebook group and we will see you there Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are still here at Shutterfest. Well, technically we're not. I mean, we're, we've are we been home for a while. But for the recording of this podcast today, we are here at Shutterfest with my good friend from Austin, Texas. Well, currently from Austin, Texas, Frank Carino. So thanks for coming
1: on, Frank. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Frank, uh, you and I met i don't know maybe just a year ago probably
1: yeah that's about right Um,
0: but i had followed your work before that i didn't Uh, know that i did yeah absolutely i think well actually the first time we met we were sitting down to a brunch yeah with some other people who've been on the podcast before actually sarah and rick pendergraf and a few other people adam grumbo has been on the podcast and uh, chris jones was there as well and uh yeah, I, uh, that was one of the things I said to you when we first met was how much I appreciated your attention to detail with lighting and some of your techniques and stuff. Yeah. So Frank is a highly skilled photographer. Uh, he does all sorts of work. He'll basically do anything but a, but a baby photo, right? Yeah, no, 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 no newborns. No newborns. Not not, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> but uh, but his work is really excellent. We've also had a chance to work together on a project. Oh, good. We yeah. got to shoot. Uh, the Capital One grand opening of their what do they call
1: it the cafe? Yeah, it's like financial cafe.
0: Yeah. So that was a cool project. Yeah. It's really fun to work together with yeah. you on that. And I also keep running into Frank at these uh, these conferences. We saw each other at WPPI. Yep. We met each other here again at Shutterfest. Yeah. So it's always good to see a friendly face.
1: I agree, hundred percent. It's good to see you. Working with you was like it was very good. You know, it's like, it good to see. When you were doing your one-man crew thing, um, how you interface and how you You work—you know—as you know, corporate stuff's always a little bit different. Sure. You know, um, somewhat easier, I think. Absolutely. The the schedules. Oh man, so much easier than a wedding. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, especially than a wedding. I find weddings to be uh, brutal. They become very um, just time-consuming and equipment-consuming. So, I've done video in the past, but it was always like mostly weddings and that was always just like okay so much gear microphones stands and i you know, mean I'm, I'm an hour just unloading the dang vehicle and getting it over there so you know you showed up with like a teeny little bag and a camera and you're doing it it's like yeah, it's a little easier that's 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 a little more relaxed
0: oh it was so relaxed though. i remember actually i took a picture of the back of my trunk before i left and i was like I'm showing up to shoot a job for a, what, $650 billion company. And I've got, like, a cam one camera, two lenses, and one stabilization device. Yeah. And that was it. And uh, and a microphone pack. But it was, like, one little bag. It's this little bag I've got with me right here that couldn't even fit my laptop in it. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah, Just- well, it was
1: video that actually brought me in. And it was that type of thing. It was, like, I... Uh, I was in David Robbins group, someone just put me in there and it's like, that's how I kind of wound up there. Um, my journey to get here was just one of, um, long story short, my, my wife had passed away and my kids, especially my oldest, she happens to be a curator and I've been shooting stills since about 75 and I shot a couple of weddings in my early twenties and then life takes you other directions, but I never stopped shooting. And my daughter was like, and you've got like half a million photos that are in boxes and yeah. negatives and the whole thing. It's like, it's oh, not doing any good there. And she's like, if you don't start doing something, I will. Yeah. And so w- during the last like two years um, of my wife's journey, I s- just diligently took a camera with me every day. And mm. part of that was I would stop being you know, like, oh look, here's a toad walking on a piece of grass and here's a shadow on a wall or here's a landscape. And every day uh, while doing my other job, I would stop to stay in touch with hmm. what's beautiful. Stay in touch with this isn't gone. So although we're having some bad other experiences, right. I needed that, hmm. and so when I got placed into this group, you know, with David, a bunch of comedic things that occurred, where you know, Ray Roman, so Ray and I got into a, a big fight. It's like my very first post. <laughs> in the group it's like he was talking about second shooters and and the whole thing i don't know anybody in the group and i don't even know how i got in there so i was just interacting i don't care i was like this is in my business it's not my journey i'm not doing any of this anyway it's like it was just a little thing on the side so the next thing you know we get into a huge fight ray's talking about second shooter like, i think that's kind of kind of bullshit man and so then <laughs> david's just egging it on he's like you do gonna let him talk to you like that because Dave, that's what he did. Dave yeah. liked like to egg people on and see what would happen. And Ray starts starts coming at me. I start coming at Ray. And we're going back and forth at one point. And, and we both got so pissed at one point. He literally pulled the, you know, do you know who I am? Now, <laughs> I didn't know at the time that he was clowning me when he was saying that. Yeah. So I thought he was just like, actually, excuse my language, but I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> it's like, do you know who I am? And So he comes back and he's like... He goes, hey man, I used to be a cop. And I'm like, I used to be a gangster. Get the fuck over it. It got really, really ugly. And the whole time David's cracking up and he is just, just laying in, right? And so then Ray says, you know, if I ever see you, I'm gonna kick your ass. I says, no, you're gonna try. It ain't gonna go the way you want, son. You know, that's demon he did the whole thing. And so it was it was that was my introduction to the group. And I'm like, whatever, kick me out. What do I care? I've never been here before, right? And so then David chatted me on the side. He's like, Okay, what's your story? He's yeah. like, like, I don't really see people going back at Ray like that, right? I said, you know, and, and we got into a heavy conversation about the journey I'd been through and my wife passing away and those kind of things. like, so I want to buy you lunch. And from there, we developed a friendship. And then he was like, well, you know what? We're d- they're really getting videos started back up again at WPPI. Why don't you come? And I was like, oh, all right. So then I went to WPPI and that very first one, I was with Jason Group. I was in his loft and we're like, I'm like looking around going, Pictures of all of us on this couch, right? I am literally nobody. I like second shot one wedding at that point. You know, why am I here? It was just like a a surreal experience, Mm -hmm. uh, which I had great appreciation for. It's like, I don't know how I got here. And then since then, it's like, you know, shot a lot more after that. I shot for David for a little bit in terms of like high roller parties and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, And then I met a woman and that I had met a long distance relationship with. And so, after about a year of that dating back and forth, it was like, all right, let's go see what this is. So when I moved to Austin, it's like you know, focus on one thing. And so well, instead of running from my strengths, my strength's always been photography. That's that's my strength. Sure. My strength is composition. My strength is those things. So one of the things that David would always comment on was like, man, you're like you guys who come from that photography background are really strong in composition, especially right. at least an in initial setup. Sure. We may not transition very well, you know, to the next shot because. That's not what we've learned to do. Right. But at that part, I'm good at. And so it was like, all right, it's time to let's just put that on hold. And so now I've got, you know, $4,000 movie that sits on a shelf, literally, just sitting there (laughs) collecting dust. And since then, you know, it's all moved on. Like, you know, people are like, hey, I'll see you my movie for $500. Yeah. Well, that was a wasted investment, a drone that (laughs) did nothing. You know, it's like, so since then, it's been, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, workshops and those types of things. and, And, you know, I do, I enjoy the conference experience. Uh, I know some people don't, but I I find it to be an an in-grouping thing. It's like it's your tribe, you know, to point that phrase. I I, I like that sense of, if nothing else, we have one passion in common with somebody. I Mm -hmm. can literally walk down the halls here and see somebody who I've never met, put my hand out and say, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. What's your story? What are you about? And so the the video guy in me is the storyteller part of me. That's the part that drew me in the video in the first place. Is I love to know what's your story. Because to me, that's kind of like what connects us really yeah. more than anything else as humans. And then there's Sal, you know, there's this guy. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> Photo bomb. <laughs> 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 Sal Carter, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, so for me, it's been uh, still interesting for me. I, I still find my time, myself at times just kind of going, how did I get here? This wasn't my path, you know, I had been highly interested, did a lot of stuff in college as well in terms of photography and took a lot of classes as a technical guy and always did all that. And then, but it was more, I just did it because I loved it and it had nothing to do with this and I didn't really envision this being here. So there's still times I'm you know, talking to somebody or, or, you know, on a photo walk with like, you know, Roberto Valenzuela and I'm like, how, am I here? Yeah. Is this kind of, you know, happening kind of thing? And so it's always kind of bizarre for me and, and to be welcomed. Um, I think probably because of my personal training background, I, I'm pretty good at networking. You know, and and have you a, ever
0: have you ever done any interesting people ever helped any help train any any interesting people? Oh, I mean, back when uh, I was doing personal training, <laughs> yeah, like you
1: know, <laughs> you know, you know, some of my this backstory. A leading, this a leading question. Yeah, definitely. I, I know but, the answer to this question. Uh, yeah, I, I used to have a company, so we had a company called Sets, and it was a horrible name because, of course. It doesn't sound like S-E-T-S. It's like, what's the name of your company? We're sex.
0: Okay, yeah, that
1: that wasn't very good. So we were specialized exercise training systems. I didn't have anything to do with the name. So we had a three-man partnership, um, and we did Linda Hamilton for T2. Um, we did, I did Chris O'Donnell for Batman uh, Forever as, as Robin. A uh, bunch of films with him. And from there, we trained Janet Jackson. So one of my buddies, um, one of my partners, went Three times around the world with her, um, so she would come into the gym with us all the time, and we sort of split it up. Like we had one front man, and he was the guy who was who would you know do the little morning show things or whatever those when they would come up, and then uh, I was more the I was more again the technical guy. I was like designing programs, measuring body fat, doing those things, and I had clients within it as well. And then Doug was single, so he was the one most available to go on tour or go something like that. Um, but we for, for a period of time there you know, we, we were kind of like. Well, we were. We were the go-to people in terms of Hollywood for training. And so it would be things like you get these random calls. That Again, that weird experience of how did I get here in my life of phone call rings. And, I, you know, they tell me at the front desk, hey, there's a phone call for you. And I go up to the front desk and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is Richard Dreyfus. I'm, I'm looking for a trainer. I was like, come on, who's this, man? Stop clowning me, right? And then he said, no, this is Richard Dreyfus, And I could hear it in the voice, like, that actually is Richard Dreyfus, yeah. right? And wow. he, and they would call us directly. So we didn't get a lot of calls actually from their agents. Because right. their agents were like, yeah, you need to call these guys because they're super busy and they're, everybody wants to work with them. So, so it's just very surreal. Yeah. And then I trained Jerry Seinfeld for a number of years, towards the end, and I trained him up at his place. And it would just be, I would get there early sometimes, and I'd be in his, he had a little gym, at the bottom of the house, and I'd be sitting there, and you're looking out over Hollywood. It's up in the hills. It's beautiful. It's all cool. You're going, this is not real. You know, yeah. this is a, such a surreal experience. Like, you know, his cars had a better view and a better life than I've ever had in my life. There were three cars that had a view over Hollywood. That are just like, okay. Is, is. And, but it also, I think the main part that I learned from, from my career there is that um, I've always understood... I'm not an employee. And I think that sometimes that's hard for us as as creatives. We get hired and we believe that we're employees. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm a consultant. You and I used to laugh with some of my really high end clients, because sometimes they would get a little bit of, you know, i I've, I'm this, I'm that, or or you know, I've got a lot of money, or I'm very successful. So, well that's great. They said, but we're still gonna go do this set, you know, we're still gonna do this this workout. And I used to say to them all the time, like, whatever you do, don't annoy your trainer before the session. <laughs> it's like, cause the truth of the matter is you're actually paying me for you to go through all this pain. Yeah. It's like, and they would say, I "Go, yeah, that is weird cause I'm not your employee. And I think it's, it's helped me a lot in my other business endeavors is to understand when, when I'm in a role of employee versus I'm in a role of power because you are in a role of power when you are the one, it's your business. And they're coming to hire you, and it can become very confusing. And I'm assuming you've had, at least in the early part of your career, some of those same things, which kind of like get a little, well, yeah, they're paying me. I guess I should just give them everything because the guy says, hey, we're paying you a lot of money. You should do this for me.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I think it's a fantastic perspective because we do all come with certain levels of, whether it's, it's different for everyone, right? But but maybe it's it's insecurities that you have about yeah. your work. And I think that's one of the biggest things that drives the pricing conversation, which you and I were having earlier, It's just personal insecurities about your own work or your own work relative to other people in the market or your worth as a person, your worth as an artist, whatever it is, so much of what dictates the profit that we're able to make it's based off of our own level of security in ourselves and, and who we are and the, what we can produce for our clients, the right. kind of value that we can produce for them.
1: Yeah, I think confidence is a big part of it. And as artists, we're, all, we're in this mixed bag, I think. The problem is, is that part of you wants to go, I'm an artist. I make work for me, man. You know, it's like, I'm all about my art. It's like, and we all want to be able to do that on some level. And, but the reality is we also have to pay our bills. And that's a fine line sure. between, you know, oh, I just produce anything I want and I'm not trying to appease everyone. But by the other side, we have so many people in both industries, whether it be video or whether it be stills, who constantly chase like lemmings, they chase what's the what's the popular thing this year. It's sort of like um, in advertising, right? Every year, the color of the year sort of comes out from Pantone, they're like, this year's color is going to be this shade of lavender or purple. So now we can all jump on board too. And that will work on some level. But on the other hand, will it in terms of will you meet your creative goals? Will you still be driven? Or will you find yourself looking at when we look at, you know, I'm not trying to be insulting, but how often have we seen videos or stills or projects come through where it's like, I can't tell the difference.
0: Hmm.
1: It's That video looks like that guy's video or that gal's video. or And there's no... No one's willing to push. Everyone's just looking for the happy medium. And as standard or. And if that pays your bills, that might be great. And then for others, it isn't because they're more driven by their art or they're more driven by a passion for something in particular that they're trying to move forward. So I think that that's a, a fine balance on why there's such huge variety, right? Like you come to Shutterfest, this year, I think they said 40, 50% of the people have never been to a conference before. Yeah. So this is a very different audience than what you're gonna find, say, at WPPI or at PPA. You know, people at WPPI, the people, there's a very small percentage who are new each year, and they try to keep that coming, but you can kinda, you know, they're all kinda wide-eyed and and a little bit intimidated. What happens here is you have a lot more, what, what Sal's done a really good job of, is he's done a great job of incorporating the humanity of it. Like, insisting instructors stay available it's not okay to come teach for you know 90 minutes and then disappear for the rest of the week. Right. He's not trying to have that. He's trying to get people to see that you know these things are attainable. What can be done? Motivate people. Support them. And I, you know I, that part I think is what makes this particular conference different. And the fact that it's just so much shooting, much a much much more shared passion hmm. here than I think some of the other conferences, um, especially for newer people.
0: Yeah. You can certainly feel the passion as you walk through the hallways and you've got people who are literally lugging wagons of equipment around. They've got their rolling suitcase in the wagon with another bag full of lights and a massive light stand with a 36-inch uh, so yeah, yeah and a large prop. on this wagon and they're lugging it around the trade room floor i mean that takes a serious level of commitment and and passion i'm not gonna be i mean that's a different level of passion than what i've got because i'm just walking around with my my one bag here with some audio gear uh camera and two lenses yeah you know and and so it is exciting to see the the passion the enthusiasm that everyone's having for what they're able to do here and it's, frankly, it's just a, frankly, my pun there of the day, frankly, it's just a... <laughs> Can I be frank with you? No, right? <laughs> frankly, it's just a, it's a beautiful place, and yeah. there's... Location's you know, great. And there's Every
1: corner's got a shooting opportunity, so that, that really helps as well.
0: And there's models who are eager to advance themselves and to learn themselves, and there's people over here in the corner getting their hair and makeup done by professional hair and makeup artists. So it is a fantastic place to help build portfolio pieces, to help build yeah. those skills, those chops in an environment where there's no pressure. Yeah. So I think that's pretty fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah it really is. And also there's just, there's just an inspiration component. Like sure. the photo walks here are different. Like WPPI started to do them you know, a couple of years ago, but they were already being done here. Well, honestly, Shutterfest had started doing them. Second year, my, to my knowledge, that's when I first started here. Um, and what what's happened with those in these hands-on classes that they do is the, the demonstrations that are there, and there's a sense of uh, uh, inspiration. You, you know, you're inspired to grow, inspired to learn a little bit more. You know, um, Sal's a very driven guy, so when he speaks, he's very much about you know I'm going to take your lunch money. Let's go get him. You know, and I think I think people uh, often need a little bit of that. You know, need a little bit of don't stop being safe. You know the old. It's nice and safe in the harbor, but no great journey ever happened while you were anchored. Yeah. And so this place does uh, encourage people to kind of step out of that. You know, go yeah. take some risk, go fail. You yeah. know, and that I think that's a hard thing for all of us. Is like the realization of we succeed through failure yeah. is a very very difficult concept. We're not taught that, but if you played sports, you understand it. Yeah, you understand. Hey, I. I when I was a freshman, I got my butt handed to me on a regular basis. But now, as I'm a senior, I'm the guy who's getting all the accolades. And so, you've learned that, that being defeated isn't necessarily a horrible thing. It's that sure. We learn a lot and we grow a lot from that. So, that's that for me, is like one of the reasons I really enjoy Shutterfest. The main thing is still that it's that tribe mentality. It really is. You know, I walk through here, um, I have a signature hat <laughs> that just sort of happened by accident. Uh, and so I've just kind of stayed with it, and it was like, "Oh yeah, I can always tell you by your hat." It's like, "All right, so so I leave it, <laughs> and I walk through And I, you know, I don't I don't teach, I don't do any of those things, and yet everybody seems to know me for whatever reason. And I think that comes back to what we talking about before about networking. Um, you know, and my 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 realization on that, especially as I've gone through this, and and from WPI through here, and as I'm tr- as I try to grow and, and grow my business and do those types of things, is that networking has a bad name because it's taught as terms of so I get to meet Jordan and I go to Jordan and we talk for five minutes hey you have a podcast can I be on your podcast? right Right. until this morning we've never discussed this right until this morning we've talked about how are your kids? right what are your plans? right what's happening in your life? how'd you get here? you know do you want to get a cup of coffee? we've talked about human connection and that's what networking really is it's about finding the common ground between you and another person exactly I, I you know, there are people that I know in the video group, like, you know, Sarah and, and Rick. I've never asked them for a single thing. Sure. It's not why I'm interfacing with them, I'm interfacing with them as a tribe members, as, as as someone to connect with and to share with. And then from there, they may or may not at some point go, hey, we're coming to Austin and we need somebody. If they yeah. do great if they don't still good. Yeah. But it builds on that that sense of you're just being authentic. And networking should, in my opinion, should be an authentic experience. So how I, my journey, like all of this, you were, we were talking off mic before, of how did I get here, how, you know, the various careers I've had, and how I've got it, all of it has been driven by that. I've, I've had the strength of, of, it didn't matter how big the celebrity was. It's just kind of like, you know, chris would come in and go man we're getting ready for batman he had to work really hard he was lifting two three times a day someone not lifting but two three hours a day and then plus aerobics and then he's taking care of himself and you know and he's on set and doing anything there but he knew i gotta be in shape i've got you know i'm gonna be on stage wearing these tights and i'm gonna be on screen wearing these tights. and so he had to do that and he had the work ethic to do that but he would come in going man my legs are killing me hey good thing we're doing arms and I just laugh. And we walk I was like, wow. <laughs> to, to coin the phrase we use around here, like, you're just a dick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Let's, let's go work out. I was like, You really want to say that right now? Yeah. And so, you know, and he would laugh. and He's like, okay, let's, let's get to doing this torture session we're going to do. But I never had that feeling of, okay, I'm going to, I'm sorry, you know. So, well, no, that, that's what we're here for. We're here to get you there and I'm going to take care of you along the way. And yeah, that's going to happen on occasion, but I'm going to work you hard. I'm not here to get to bring you a cup of tea. I'm not here to go, you know, oh, here's your coffee for our workout session. So I've I've always had that ability to understand what my role is. Uh, And I think that with all people. Right. It's like you might be you might be huge in the photo industry. Right. You might, be the, you might be the biggest name that anyone's heard of. You know, you, you know someone super popular like Jerry Jonas. And I love Jerry. Jerry's amazing, right? Really connected guy. He's really genuinely trying to help people. And in our community, he's one of the most famous people out there. Yeah. But I don't have a single client that I've ever said, so, yeah, I was talking to this guy, Jerry Jonas. Like, I'm going to impress them or something. He said, who? Yeah. You see the oh he's the guy who owns the deli down the street right? Like, <laughs> have no idea who he is, sure. but to us in our world we we wind up idolizing, right? And it's like there's no there's really no value, and because you can't be genuine with somebody that you idolize.
0: It's like what I tell I tell people on the podcast, the clients who hire Jordan Bunch Productions, whether or not this has any truth at all, and I, and, I, and personally I think it's it's total fake news, but they believe Jordan Bunch is going to do the best job of anyone in the world. And that's the reason why they hire me and why they pay what they do is because it doesn't matter what else is going on in the industry. It doesn't matter all the other people that I think are just worlds better than, you know, than the work that I'm producing in their minds. I'm the best on the planet and that's why they're hiring. me. Yeah. And, and you have to, I think if you're trying to stretch yourself into the high end market, I think it's important to own that for yourself and with your clients. And you believe that you are going to do, you know, that you're going to do an incredible job for them. You're going to produce work that blows their mind, that has them weeping on the couch watching their film. You know, like that's what you have to believe and you have to own. And, And I do. And so that comes through and that's what enables me that's what enables me to be able to do what I can do with my clients and charge what I can. Yeah. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? how organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford forty dollars or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 Hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 Hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized for my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 Hats just $300 a year and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour, so definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more.
1: Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. Well yeah, well how do we how do any of us as we grow our businesses, there's going to be a moment at which you need to make a living. So you you have to make a leap of faith, right? Like we all know, if you're charging $1,000 for a wedding and you're doing 10 of them a year, you're broke before you started. Yeah. You have to have a long-term game plan. It's okay, do I have enough to finance me to get to that point where I can start making the leap? Okay, I need at least $3,000 for a wedding otherwise it's not actually a viable business model there's right. too many expenses especially in video right three thousand dollar video production all the gear just sitting here alone we're just getting you know, we've got an expensive recorder microphones and all the things and that's just a very very small tip of an iceberg of okay we need at least three cameras or you know we're going to these things right so how do we make that leap well at some point you have to at least internally we all have this dissonance right the dissonance is one of i'm i'm, I'm pretty good you know what, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at this. I can do that. I'm as good as Jordan. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. And then that dissonance says, well, if you're as good as Jordan, how come you're not booking as many weddings as Jordan? Maybe you're full of crap. Maybe you're not as good. So internally, we're going through this all the time. Sure. And then I go to a customer, and the customer's, and, you know, I say, well, yeah, we charge our starting packages $5,000. And before they can even blink, but we're running a special. Because yeah. <laughs> internally, I, because I know I can't afford me Yeah, therefore, I can't justify it. It's like, well, I don't you should always be charging more than you can afford for yourself. But that's hard to do from a confidence standpoint. And it does bring up that who am I to charge that kind of money when the real question should be, who are you not to? I do believe in that philosophy 100 percent. It's like, who are you not to be 100 percent expressed win or lose, good or bad? You may not be the best, but are you are you trying to bring forth the best of yourself? And continue to grow from that. Because, you know, maybe it's just being a dad three kids, right? It's like, playing it safe, it's just not going to get you anywhere. Yep. So, but, you know, I I, I lean towards that. um, I think part of the problem is I tend to lean towards my strengths. So when I talk about my own weaknesses, I lean towards I'm a technical guy and I'm a learner. I love to learn. So instead of, Acting in the direction of actually marketing, getting and pushing those boundaries and, and focusing on that, I go, Well, I just need to be an even better photographer. Or, you know, my headshots are pretty solid right now. I'm confident in that. I do some interesting work. People, I get great feedback. People tend to like it. I'm relatively happy with it. But the relativity is always there. I'm always like, Yeah, but look at Peter Hurley. Man, I suck. That dude, now that dude's good. So I got to get as, at least as good as him before I can put myself out there and say I'm as valuable as him. So it, I, I think it's a hard battle, but it's an important one that you, know, you've, you obviously were able to make that transition. And then also to bring in that, okay, my ego is confident enough to say I can also have a bargain brand. That's business decision. Right. That's not creative decision. That's not, I'm an artist, all those kind of things. That literally is from a business standpoint, I see an opportunity and here's what I'm going to develop. And right. I know for a fact, just from seeing, being in that community long enough, even though I didn't know you personally, of the pushback you got sure. when that was first starting out. Right. Oh right. yeah, I'm going to do this thing. But you're going to be controlled by, or you don't want to be controlled by, what are the lemmings doing per se? Yeah. So I realize it's a fine balance and I'm still trying to find it myself, I mean, all honesty. But I do, I try to push, I just wanna push my own creativity, as trite as that sounds, Sure. you know. Um, but by the same token, you do have to have enough confidence to go, you know, I have to be able to walk in, Capital One, you're talking about that. When Capital One contacts me, I can't go, well, man, I really want this job, and freeze up and start acting like they're doing me a favor. Um, you know, we did, I did a, uh, you know this already, but we, I did a headshot for one of their, their salespeople there, one of their, uh, financial advisors. And they had hired me for the day as they hired you for the day as well to do the event. And they said, well, as long as you're going to be there, could you do this headshot for her? And now in the beginning, when I first started, I coming back into the street, I probably would have said, Oh yeah. Okay. I said, well, no, I can't like yeah. that's a separate session. Right. I, charge, I charge X amount for that, and here's what you get with it, and here's what that's about. And if we do it then, I'm not going to be in that element, and there's going to be people all around. It's going to be distracting. I can't do the best job that I want to do, so I'd rather not do it.
0: Yeah.
1: And you say, like, oh, okay, we'll get back to you. And then holding on to that, not calling back and going, I never mind, mind or yeah. you, know, you know, actually I can. No, just wait, wait, wait. Next morning, we definitely want to move forward with that. Does Monday work with you? We want to connect you with her. And now I just sold another session, but that was just the confidence of I, I know I'm going to give you the work that you want. You know, is it going to be the best headshot the world's ever seen? No, my my ego is just not like that. But my ego is strong enough to know and to analyze and say, okay, clearly I'm getting paid, people are willing to do that, and the feedbacks. I'm doing a good job, and I'm certainly capable of doing what it is that they need. You enter it much differently than when you kind of like, man, I'm lucky to get this. Sure. You know you're lucky. I mean, on some level, like we're, we're fortunate, right? They they called you or, or you know, we had a connection. I'm like, hey, I know just the guy I want to call. Yeah, so That's easy to do. But what did that come out of? Back to our partner earlier, that yeah. came out of networking. Like, you never asked me for that. Right. You know, we had brunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never said, hey, if you ever need anybody, you never twisted my arm or did anything like that. But from knowing you, seeing your work, respecting your work. There were two people that I had any interest in saying, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Otherwise I would have said, sorry, I don't have a video guy for you. Good luck finding one. I'll be there. Yeah. But I'm not referring because I don't want to put my relationship with them at a risk. I'm only going to refer to someone I've already established a strong and positive relationship with.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So, and we talked about that a lot with, we did a whole series on referrals with We talked to um, to a uh, husband-and-wife photo team. We talked to a wedding planner, to a venue uh, coordinator, actually two wedding planners. And that was one of the things that we came back to, especially with the planners and the, the event manager, was they're not going to put you on a preferred vendor list unless they trust you because it's going to come back to them. Why did you refer this person to me? They did an awful job. Yeah. they were so uncomfortable to be around or whatever the case is and that comes back to this you know this idea of networking for the sake of the relationship in and of itself you know right um there's it's it's never that i need to make sure i can get something out of this relationship right what's in it for me right but right. it's hey i enjoy getting to know you as a person I value the time that I have with you when we talk. It's always fun. It's always enjoyable. I always gather something from it. Why wouldn't I want to pursue a relationship with you, whatever that looks like? And, you know, through that, you know, I didn't know that we were ever going to get to work together. You know, because, you know, most of the... I didn't even actually know beyond, like, the portraits and stuff what you did. So I had no idea that you were even involved in corporate work. Right. I just knew that you did, you know, really cool portraits. And so... From that aspect, I thought, well, we'll probably never work together because what's a portrait guy going to hire a video or you know refer a video guy for? But it comes back to it's just about the relationship for what the relationship itself has
1: yeah. to offer. Absolutely. Well, like you know, like with corporate work, one of the big things with corporate work is literally their employees. Most of the time, we're, we're seldom dealing with the president of some big corporation. We're dealing with the people who've been placed with the responsibility of fulfilling the corporation's needs. So often what they really need more is, they're not necessarily needing to find the best, nor the cheapest. They need to find someone they can call who repeatedly does the work, who takes pressure off of them. They know they can call and say, hey, I need this. And then it's going to happen. Instead of are they constantly calling? When are we getting this? You didn't call them. You didn't get back to them. And now when you did do the work, it was you were kind of iffy. You were late. You didn't take care of people when you were there. You didn't interface well. All of those things of professionalism don't show up. They're the ones who look bad. Yeah. And so corporate can be a different world than just charming the one person. Right. It's right. like if they meet you, if they, if you're within a certain budget range and a customer's senior work, clients come to your work, you're probably going to have a pretty high closing rate for a wedding client. Right? right. If they're willing to come in your door and meet with you, you, unless you screw it up, sure. you, you kind of got a good shot. Sure. Right. But the hard part is getting them in the door. But with a corporate client, once you do have that open, if you're not being professional if you're not making their lives easier so if you're their headshot guy make their lives easier you know provide them with with over deliver concept right so I think that when we looking at the two different industries right it's a different industry within itself corporate's gonna be different right you know and but people approach it differently I still approach it the same way in terms of I'm going to try to establish some level of a connection and an interface with that corporate contact and treat them the same way. You know, I know what I would do, how I would turn a call to a bride, right? Say, oh, I got a bride. I want to treat my corporate client the same way. So the work itself is actually easier, so why wouldn't I? Sure. Right? Um, But overall, I do think that the more that we can be authentic to that, be Authentic to why am I having this conversation? You know, it's like I know people who've done networking where they're literally they write down on a calendar time to call Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's the third of each month. I call these people and I hey Jordan, just check it in. See how you doing? You need anything? How are you? You know, it's like and you can just tell it's just like it's even swarming over the phone. You're just oh yeah. Why are you contacting me again? Yeah, what do you want? Yeah. it said sales call you know i'm from time warner cable no no please. <laughs> please just go away you know you just want to hang up right so it's the same kind of thing but that ultimately i mean honestly the only reason that i've been able to make any headway into the industry at all is literally just being authentic treat people well you know, and treat people the same and that that comes back to the training days it's like I treated every celebrity I ever worked with exactly the same as I trained my other clients. So it's like, okay, someone came to me, they're a student and their parents are paying for them to do that. I treated them exactly the same. I never bought into the, you know, you're a celebrity trainer kind of thing. Like, well, no, I'm a trainer who trains celebrities. I understand my role here. It's just not all that special, right? It's like, it's special to other people. And so when clients would come to me and it's like, you know, oh, you trained Janice Jackson. Yeah, that's not a reason to hire me. Do not hire me for that reason. Hire me because I have an education. Hire me because I can do what I can do for you. Hire me for those reasons. I do not I'm glad that that working with Janet or, or Linda or whatever brought you in the door. But please do not hire me for that reason. Like they have a special set of circumstances. Yeah. That's not real life, it's short term life.
0: Sure.
1: So but I want to help you on that level. So that's established for me that same it just carries forward. You know, and I'm not a young guy anymore. You know, I'm 57 years old. So I no longer have that um, that need to appease everybody. And I'm confident, you know, I don't need to be someone I'm not. And so I would much rather work with, you know, the 10% that's out there who want to work with me. Like you were talking about your brand, right? And so you want those people, you know, they you're trying to... You don't want somebody who's not your client coming in and just being a total pain in your behind the entire time you're doing the wedding, right? Just like you can, we all have those like red flags, whether it's a wedding or a corporate event. Yeah. I, you know, it looks like we're kind of booked out for the next six months. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how to help you kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, a a side note to that, just for some reason it popped in my head. So I I was training a particular celebrity who was just a major, major pain in the behind and my buddy Doug is one of these guys who, he loves everybody. Doug gets along with everybody. And one day I had to be on set to train somebody else. And so Doug went in to fill for me with this, this client. And it was just a disaster. She was constantly, he called me that night and he goes, I will never cover for you again. She was just horrible to work with. And so a couple of days go back and forth and she would cancel. And then she'd call right back and say, oh, never mind. But now she would never call. She was on, she, the assistant would call. And then two hours later, actually, she wants to have the appointment that she, I already gave, you told me you didn't want that appointment. I've already moved it to somebody else. Yeah. Oh, well, could you have the one back? No. And finally, at one point, I just, I lost it. I was like, yeah, we're done. We're, we're firing her. She's, yeah. like, she's like, what? And he's just like, yeah, just let her know. No, we don't have any appointments. Said, well, what about your, what about your partners? I said, no, he's quite clear. He's not, we're done. Yeah. We, we no longer want to be involved with this. So thank you very much. Thank you. And, and goodbye. We're done. She goes, well, do you, don't want anybody else you could refer, and finally I just had her say, "Don't take this wrong, but I don't dislike anyone enough to refer them to you." This has been a horrible experience. She goes, "Okay," and I know she probably lost her job. It was that kind of a, a, a negative situation. But you have to have it's probably for the best that she lost her job. You you have to have the ability to say, you know, I'm I'm confident in what I'm doing, even if it's you know. The comparative isn't always real and isn't always fair, but on some level, you do have to be able to say to yourself, I'm worth more than this, whether it's how you're being treated, how much you're being paid, what that is. Tough road sometimes to develop though. So,
0: So what's next for Frank Carino? We're not going to stay in Texas, unfortunately. No. What's next?
1: Now I'm moving back to Southern California, that's primarily driven by all three of my kids are now out of college and they've now settled in LA. So when I first moved, part of the decision tree was one of, well, my kids are in college. One was clear she's never coming back to LA. The other was like, I'm probably leaving LA any minute kind of thing. And then the one was up in the air, has a girlfriend. And he was, you know, the reality is if the girlfriend says, I'm going to do my internship in Boston, he's going to take his little, as strong as he wants to be, he's going to take his butt to Boston, right? Yeah. And so that was part of it. But now a couple of years have gone by. They're all pretty, you know, more settled and all that. And I, I, they sent me these selfies from, you know, Dodger Stadium. We're at the ball game. Like, Oh, man, that, that I'm missing that, you know, and I'm not, you know, I, I accept I'm not young. And I don't know, you know. And tomorrow's not promised, and I'm, I'm missing those opportunities to share those little things, you know. Impromptu, go to the movies, or let's go catch a game, or whatever it might be, dinner, you know. So it's driven more by that than anything else. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my girlfriend's kids are also looking forward to, to being in Southern California, so you know, it's it's a big change. Yeah. You know, it'd be less of a. It's not a dramatic change for me because I'm kind of going back to home, but it'll be. Right. A change for her. She's also a photographer. So, you know, we knew New Horizons, yep uh, how to get that figured out. Um, for and for me, it, it's always going to be just coming back to not resting on my strengths and and trying to push more towards business, more towards marketing, more towards getting those things in place. Um, you know, as an old school guy, one of the things I struggle with is, uh, you know, we didn't back in the day, we, we simply did not just go around going, hey, here's a, my portfolio. We're just sitting here having lunch and you throw it on a table. Look at all these 8 by 10s I took, right? Yeah. You're like, And that's what we do now, right? It's like, oh, let me show you my Instagram. Yeah. Oh, let me see yours. Oh, that's great. Hashtag, love it. Hashtag, great picture. Hashtag, what are yeah. you doing? You're just like, hey, we didn't have anything like that and that was like beyond egocentric. We, you just didn't do that. If someone asked or you would call and say, hey, Jordan, I want to meet with you have you review my portfolio. It was a very formal right. thing. I still like, I, I don't share enough. You know, and everybody who I know who's younger than me, and they're like, "Man, where's your work? You don't put enough of your work out there." That's still part of it for me. It's just that that, okay, it's okay. Let's just put this out there. And even then, I, I just I'm not trying to be someone who's saying, "Well, look at me. I'm better than you." I'm so when I share, I have to share from a standpoint of, "Am I growing?" Am I pushing my own boundaries? Am I trying to get, you know, better? And then sharing nowadays is part of business. You know, Instagram's a big part. You know, especially we shoot seniors. So it's a big part of, of that business. And you, you put that picture out there and you say, Hey, you know, this person looks like this and it does change their experience and then they want to refer you. Which is an opportunity to do more of what you love to do Yep. so i've had to change that perspective and as you've seen I, i'm trying to do that more i'm yeah. trying to share more that's that's the path and now we'll have to figure out when we get to la can we develop what's almost non-existent and that's a senior market And you know, there's not much in southern california um a few small little pockets here and there but it's nothing like the rest of the country yeah. uh, i'm hoping that that is opportunity knocking and saying we can actually be at the forefront of, of driving that you know more forward. Those are the opportunities, rather than get caught up in the well. No one's really doing a great seniors thing there. Well, I'm trying to keep the view of, well, that just means there's more opportunity for someone to do it. Might as well be us. Yeah. So it's a big road and we may fall on our faces, but we'll find out. Hey, yeah.
0: but that's how a lot of good stories start out.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah awesome. No, no good story ever started with you. Know, oh, I was just sitting there minding my own business, and nothing ever happened. And now here I am. Like, well, yeah, you're, you're eating just, a salad. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were eating a salad. No, we had a cup of whiskey, and then we were. Yeah, that, every story seems to start with a bad hangover, right? Like, now that's gonna be a great story.
0: Uh, or at least it ends with one. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well Frank, this has been a great conversation. If anybody wants to go somewhere to find your work, I know we were we we're starting to put more of it out there. Yeah. Where can they go to see some of your stuff?
1: Well sorry. so here here's where where you really get into the the my struggles as a businessman, right? Is that my American Express was hacked. They contacted me. so "Let's get you a new card." What I didn't realize is that happened just before my web was due to, to renew. No. As I came out here, I went to click on one of my own links for my website, and it said expired. I currently am the guy who has no connection <laughs> whatsoever, so I am under uh, Instagram as uh, FC Photographs. Uh, so you can find me there and, and then see at least some of my work because I do have you know well, I'm portfolio. I'm sure then. by the time this
0: podcast goes live, you have it. better be. Out. So, <laughs> so what is, What's the URL? Uh,
1: it's uh, Instagram. Instagram. Com. For for yourself. Oh, for my advice, Frank com. And, Okay. Yeah, Frank cool. com, So it'll come up it'll, as it'll yeah. be
0: live by the time we put this yeah, up. Yeah, so. let's hope so. so yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> Alright, thanks, cool. man. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. It's been great talking to you, buddy.
1: Alright, man. Cool.
0: The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, Head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comment section. Until next time, keep making movie magic!